podcast. It's it's been a uh, it's been an interesting few days. Uh, I know there's been a lot going on with the Leafs. There's been a lot going on outside of the Leafs. So we're not going to talk about anything other than the Leafs today. Today is just going to be about the Leafs. Whether or not you think they're playing well or not, it's really hard right now. And look, I've been one of those people that have tried to stay on board with everything that's going on with the Leafs. It's you know a new season, new guys. It's going to take time for things to come together. Their schedule has been terrible with the back-to-backs. But the last two games have shown me that this team... There's an identity problem right now with this team. Is that a fair assessment? Austin and Jake, of course, join me as usual. Gentlemen, I will open the floor to you. Do you think that this team is lacking identity right now? You want to go first, Jake, or you want me to? Yeah, no, I'll do it. I mean, of course they are. I mean, they just... You, you you go into a game, and it's like with every team. I guess I'll compare it with the Raptors. Whenever you go into a game, you're always thinking, okay, well, they're going to be – they could play awful tonight. They could shoot 10 for 90, but they're going to play defense. Yep. Uh, the Leafs, it used to be like the whole thing where, you know, the Dubas – I guess you know I've I've been pretty uh, harsh on him lately. I I mean, there's a ton of people that just back him just because he's like similar to us. He's like kind of a nice story, but um, the main calling card for him is that the Leafs are gonna win based on skill and speed and skill and talent. And the main calling card for you know uh, whenever people who are hockey traditionalists would say. Oh, well, they're not tough enough or, you know, they're not, you know, punching guys after the whistle. The whole thing for, you know, myself and I know you guys and Dubas would be like, okay, fine. They can punch us in the face. Then on the power play, we'll go and score. Like that's, that's our toughness. That's what Babcock said. But now the power play is horrible. Like it, it might be the worst power play in the entire league. And we, I thought we watched it last night. With the Islanders, it turns out we were watching the same game, but it was not the Islanders. Not only has their power play been bad, Austin, their penalty kill has been... I, I, I would argue the penalty kill has looked better than the power play, and that's... I, I thought you were going to say it's looked worse, and I was going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Relax with that. It's actually <laughs> looked better than the power play, and that is... Not, not saying a lot, not but a lot, but it does say how talent usually reigns supreme on the power play, and penalty killing is not as much skill as it is just being Will. in the right position and and stuff like that. Power play last night, zero for two, zero shots. Yeah, just let that ring for a second. How does that happen with the amount of talent one has compiled on a team like the Leafs? I I think the the like highlighted play of the entire game last night was was that power play where they didn't get a single shot and just Casey Casey Sizikas. Like the guy yep. is nothing. He's what, like five 
five nothing, a hundred nothing, and he's got you know very little natural talent, but he just worked his balls off and won like four puck battles with uh, our t- our guys. Stole it from Matthews, stole it from Barry. He almost scored, and I mean that was I was you just look at that, and I've seen I've played in games where the talent level is like massive disparity. And it was in that game. There, there's what maybe of the five of the five or six best naturally skilled players. I'd say maybe five of the six are Leafs, yep. and they just they just have these players that work their balls off. And I mean that that's not even a toughness thing for me. It's just they have guys that are consistently the hardest working guys. As on like the flip side of that. Based on me saying like five of the top six talented players on the ice were Leafs, probably nine of the ten hardest working players were yeah. on the Islanders. Yeah, I think the big thing about Barry Trotz, and this goes back to his Nashville days. Like these guys were not, like the the Predators had good defensemen, but they didn't have superstar talent. But they were nope. so good because he got them to buy into a system. And that's what he has the Islanders working with right now. Because you look at their goals, you know, minus the, I think, the first goal. Where Jan, let, let, let's start with that one first. So, Janssen makes, I, I saw that like that back pass, and I'm, I could not believe it. That I saw an NHL player actually play it back like that. And William Nylander actually took responsibility for it after the game. Which is... I don't want to be a William Nylander homer, but we talked about we for background. Dave and was I were even on the, the ice together last night. Yeah, he was the yeah. one that, that apparently the pass so, was meant for. Johnson got the puck and wheeled to I think it was the left side boards. Nylander, I guess he thought William Nylander was wheeling with him down the same wing for a drop pass, and William Nylander was covering the center lane on the breakout or on the neutral zone, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's just a stupid play. And yes, Nylander, I mean, he got beat there by Eberle, but that is what it is. They were just scrambling at that point. So the play was completely blown up after the turnover. He made a decent attempt to try to get the puck back, though. He didn't just let Eberle walk in. He, you know, he tried to to go get the puck back. But this is is the part that kills me. It was that goal, and I think it was the second Beauvillier goal, the one that went through... Uh, the backhander in front of the net that Anderson just looked. I, I, I could not believe that one went in. Um, two instances where guys, like, it, a lack of awareness with the puck. You have possession. That's the part that kills me. They had possession, and then they go and make a play like that, and give they gave them those goals. That's the part that kills me. And for most of that game... They dominated the Islanders. The Islanders didn't have a shot for, what, 14 minutes? They didn't have a shot, yeah, easily for 14 minutes in the second period. And then it was was killing when the only fucking shot they had went in. That was a bad goal, too. The one where he was – wasn't he facing backwards? And I don't know why Freddie thought a shit player was going to go high glove on him. Like, you're not playing against fucking Crosby. Like, he's never going to go backhand shelf on you. He's just going to try and stuff it in like a typical garbage goal that they would probably score. 
I I wasn't I thought he played really bad, but I mean it's a situation where he's played so well compared to everyone else that you can't even complain about him. No, and the part that kills me and if people think that this is game is a one off, no, because no. you look at what happened in Chicago, and almost the same thing happened. Where okay they that start. That was probably one of the worst periods I had ever seen the Leafs play. The three, you know, they they allow the two goals in ten seconds where nobody nobody decided they wanted to play hockey. They're just out there for a skate, and Patrick Kane is just like, oh, okay, thank you guys. I'm just gonna roof it on, backhand on your goalie who you guys have zero confidence in, and then yeah, let's tease them with the comeback. This is the part that kills me. In that Chicago game, the Leafs were teasing this comeback through the second and third period. You get it within a goal, and what do you do? You allow Brandon Saw, Jonathan Tays to find Brandon Saw streaking to the net, and it's just you had the game, you had the Blackhawks on the ropes, and it's just flat out. I don't know what it is. I'm I'm at a point right now. I mean, Austin, I know you're on the big. You know, Babcock deserves to shoulder a lot of the blame, and right now it's not fully on him, though. It's not. No, it's a it's a mix of all three. Yeah, yeah. It's to say it's Mike Babcock's fault and his is lazy. Is lazy. lazy. Exactly. It's Mike Babcock's not at fault for Andreas Johnson dropping the puck to nobody and it leading to a goal. Yeah. Mike Babcock's not um, not at fault for who was it? Muzzin. Barry, I guess, both blowing the zone on that Beauvillier goal with they didn't have the puck fully in possession. Both defensemen just jumped up for no reason when they had forward support. Like these little screw ups the Leafs have on a week to week basis or a game to game are not on the coach solely. They are on the players for being idiotic and not making the right plays. Babcock is in charge of putting a game plan in place that gives them the best chance to win and picking the players that will do the same. Whoa. And yeah. there's a discussion to be had about that, let's be honest. But to blame just Babcock alone is just not where we should be at. He is not the only one to be blamed for this, and he is not on the hot seat because of his actions alone. The Whoa. team as a whole has been atrocious. Let's be fair. I will put the penalty killing and the, the special teams, the power play, the penalty killing, a lot of that, it appears to be to coaching because it's 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 a case where it, they don't look like they know what they're doing on the pen, on the power play. Nobody wants to shoot. Everyone's passing. Like the, I, I love seeing them kill their own pa- their own power plays. That's the part that bothers me. And in that game last night where they were down, you know, they had still had a chance to tie the game. Uh, Tyson Berry held on to the puck for like 10 seconds when you had like less than 20 seconds left in the game. I, there, It feels like they're afraid to make a mistake. and in Which that, is ironic because they always make them. Yes, and that's the part that kills me. A team that plays cautiously, like, look, we talked about how the Islanders' style is boring and they don't really do anything, but what they do really well is they capitalize on a mistake. We talked about TFC in Seattle. TFC, actually, I feel like this was a very comparable situation. TFC absolutely dominating 
Seattle, only to have Seattle sit back and take advantage of a of a TFC just looking gassed in the second half. And they got a lucky own goal, and then yeah. it just turned the tide. Exactly. So they had a meeting today, so they canceled practice, and they had a team meeting. They're about to play the Boston Bruins on Friday, and, I mean, Boston is... Who are player. depleted. Yes. Depleted, uh, blew a four-goal lead to the Florida Panthers to lose in the In show. one period. One period. Very un-Boston Bruin-like. Usually Boston is doing it the other way around. So, um, I think Boston, I don't know if Boston's playing tonight. I don't think they are. I'm just going to look at I doubt it. Uh, because, well, I mean, why give Boston a back-to-back? I mean, they do, to be fair, I think they do play uh, Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, I don't see Boston on the schedule here. So, um, they probably do play on the Saturday. Let's see. Yeah, so they play Saturday against Washington. So, um, Toronto's about to figure out what type of team they are when they play Boston, I feel like. On I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a... I hate saying this, the statement win thing, but I think they need to win both. And they need to win them pretty convincingly where they have to, I don't know if it's being, you know, all in or, or dominant, uh, you know, uh, offensively or just, just effort. But I mean, it, if they lose both of these games, you can start uh, thanking the lucky stars that the Leafs protected that first round pick because if they like they're they have games in or other teams have so many games in hand on the Leafs based yeah. on points percentage they're at what I think it's like a ninety or an eighty eight point pace yeah. it's just not it's not there. it's not it's where it, it has to be and I can't believe how lucky they are that they're not completely like ten games or ten points out at this point considering how bad they've played for them to be in the position they are is they're extremely lucky. What will define it, as you just said, I think will be the games in hand. If teams like, you know, Boston, Tampa, Montreal, Tampa, just... who's up four, nothing in the first 10 minutes against the Rangers. Oh, sweet. Uh, oh, good thing I didn't have Henrik Lundqvist in fantasy point today, although he's not playing anyways. No, it's not him. Your game. <laughs> But York, yeah. good on uh, Tampa to get... Oh, Luke Shen has a goal tonight for the Tampa Bay. No. I'm just... Come on. Assisted by Nikita... So, not only did Luke score, he was, his goals were assisted by Kucherov and Point. Yeah, they... I mean, if they get going, them and Boston are gone. So, there's two. there's two. Two spots already gone. Let's assume Washington and the Islanders are gone. So there's four playoff spots already accounted for. And they're in maybe a group of, what, eight, nine teams in the East? Let's just go through them quickly. Outside of the Leafs, it's Carolina, Hurricanes, Florida, um, uh, Philadelphia, that's four. Buffalo, maybe, maybe five. Um, who else am I in? Pittsburgh, six. Maybe the Rangers seven, but they're getting their tits lit right now. So I mean, they're one of eight teams competing for four spots. I I feel like the Metro. There's two, a lot of question marks with those teams, 
The Metro's pretty garbage, I think. Yeah. I actually think the third team is going to be Philadelphia from that division. Um, They're just going to win shootouts for the rest of the year. Not even that. I mean, whenever I watch them play, I'm I'm always just like, this team's either winning or wins whenever I watch them play. Yeah. Um, They're pretty good. I don't know. I like their head coach, too. Alan Vigneault is a good coach, I feel like, has had the tough end of a lot of... Like, you know, the Rangers and Canucks both made the Stanley Cup Finals with him as coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. And could have, I arguably, like that Boston series, he, they were pretty close. And, I mean, the L.A. one, yeah, L.A. was just on a heater at that point. Uh, they got pretty unlucky in that. I remember watching game one where they were up 2 nothing, and then they just blew blew that game, and I think they lost in, in five. Five or six, at least. Five or six, yeah. They lost it in... Uh, in L.A. LA. And I think, so, yeah, I think the Rangers were the one seed that year, so they lost in six. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like... The thing is, is that... And, we, and we're gonna, I'm going to shift a little bit to Kyle Dubas right now. And we, we kind of brought this up, too. I, I don't have the issues with the skill and bringing in skilled guys. But... I look at a guy like Zach Hyman, and I feel like we only have one Zach Hyman. And he talks about how he wants the skill, the tenacious play. That was the quote. That was a part of the quote that stuck out to me. He wants the team to be tenacious. Skilled players don't always play with that tenacious attitude. You need to have a bit of a mix. And um, you know, and right now. There's, there's some questions being made about the decisions. You know, the big contracts that were signed. It's fair at this point because those guys aren't leaving the charges they were expected to on a consistent basis. You know, the guys in Tampa are taking a lot of blame for how things are going. Uh, Boston, we know that they're relying on their top guys. Edmund, like, I mean, we bring up Edmonton before. We know that they're a two-player guy, they're a two player team. So... That's the part I think that's also frustrating to Leafs fans is that, you know, and Austin brought this quote up the other day uh, where Backhawk said playing Matthews 21 minutes against the Blackhawks was too much. and But then he says they were dominant. Yeah, it's one or the other. That's what, I mean, I don't want to make this all about Babcock, but... That comment was super. <sighs> no, I mean... Just, I mean so, where... I'm so tired of him. From where I'm at, you know, I I've always said it's cumulative. Um, I I was on the big honeymoon phase with Kyle Dubas. I think he's done a lot of really good things, but he's I think he's done a lot of really bad things. I mean, somehow bungling the backup goaltender thing and not having a backup over a PTO guy is awful. How you just completely go all in on having skilled players, not guys who can penalty kill. Or not finding a defenseman. I think the biggest issue for them on the power play, I've said it before, is they don't have a guy who can actually take a one-timer like a slap shot. And it is so evident because they just keep everything in the outside. Because Morgan Riley's a great defenseman. He's never scoring on a straight shot. He is never going to beat a goalie when he's just staring at them one-on-one. That's just not going to happen. And also the contracts that he gave up. I mean, outside of the Nylander one, which was probably the only one that made sense, he gave two contracts 
that had zero precedent for ever being signed. I don't know how you do that twice. Like, there was no precedent. They had no leverage at all. Like, at that point, at that point, like, if they were, if those numbers were discussed, I'd be like, fine, let's just do one-year deals. I don't care. Like, I own you for at least, what, five years? Yeah. So, I mean, great. And I'll just screw you. And you're not going to sit out and lose $10 million or, like, play by the rules. Like, I don't get how he signed a guy. Like, he walked Matthews to free agency, and he's not taking a discount whatsoever. No. And with Marner, like a winger out of entry level making eleven million dollars is is ridiculous. Shoot. Yeah, who who doesn't who's who's not a shooter? Who's not a goal scorer? Uh, I mean they're just awful. And, and that cost them what? Maybe in hindsight they redid it, probably four million dollars in cap space. I'd say you can go three, out and add more pieces three, with that four million dollars. I say minimum three three million at least. And then So there's three million you can put it into getting you know, um, you know, a guy that's a specific face-off man or a penalty killer or hell, fucking backup goalie. It's interesting. I was listening to um, Spit and Chicklets, and they're not really big on stats, but the thing they they broke down for Vancouver is they are. I think they have three of the top five face-off win uh, guys in terms of face-off wins in the league. It's uh, Bo Horvat, J.T. Miller. And uh, what's the four? Jay Beagle. Yeah. I mean, people have obviously taken licks at uh, Jim Benning for signing the deal with um, Jay Beagle. I think he gets like $3 million. But, yeah, I mean, having a guy uh, having a guy who can win face-offs consistently, can kill penalties, and is a leader is a big thing. Also, I... I haven't been a fan of the fact that the Leafs have no veteran leaders. They don't have any guy who is like vocal or physical or emotional leader. I think the guy right now is probably Zach Hyman, which is fucking pathetic. Severez is their veteran leader, and he's twenty. And he doesn't say shit. And he doesn't say shit. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this game's on me. It's like, what'd you say, John? That game's on me. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like. Um... Uh, Got to get his uncle in the locker room to fire the boys up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, right now, um, yeah, I, I, it's, those all are valid points. I, I feel like the goaltending's a big one because you're looking at how many teams are now relying on the two goalie system. Every single good team, every yeah. single one. And you see the ones that it hasn't worked out for. Tampa, I would say, yeah, McIlwain is a goalie. But their situation hasn't been very good. Um, like Boston has Halak and Rask. Uh, that works out. That works yeah. out. As New, as Halak, New York like, Islanders works out. That, that's probably that. They're probably the ones that kind of change things up for a lot of teams. I mean, Varlamov isn't great, but no, he's been he has been great. But he's been great because that team plays responsibly in front of him and. I think their goaltending coach is pretty good from what I've heard. Um, yeah. But the, the thing is, is is just realize that you're a team that relies on offense. You're not going to be playing suffocating defense. So make it a point to be a threat every time you have the puck. 
just don't see that right now. That's the part that kills me. The only, the most dangerous forward the last, I would say, the past week, week and a half has been William Nylander. Yeah, he is. I mean, he has to maintain this stretch. If he does, I mean, the contract will obviously be, you know, tremendous value. But I, I it would just make it just. That's the thing. It doesn't make any sense why you don't play your first two centers 40 minutes a night. Play your third-line center 15 minutes, and then your fourth-line center five minutes. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Um, I also liked, before the Marner injury, all the talk about Spezza and whether they should waive him. And then nobody wants to bring up the fact that Nick Shore has looked Invisible. so <laughs> bad. He's awful. He's and awful. He doesn't penalty. I don't see him on the penalty kill. He takes really bad. Penalties. He doesn't do anything. He just he looks like he's dropped into the middle of the ice without skates on. That's how fucking slow his foot speed is. Yeah, exactly. At least Jason Spezza will do something with the puck to like in that game against Philly. Uh, I haven't been thoroughly impressed with Spezza either. I mean, I don't really. Although there's a lot of people who have gripes with coaching about fourth line decisions but i mean you have to people have to stop acting like our fourth line is going to do fucking anything nor should they no they don't just don't just i i think i think probably the worst thing that ever happened was that st louis had what a fourth line that had like two big goals in the playoffs and played like 10 minutes they got to realize then they bitch and complain about how we don't have like a fourth line just based on the economics of everything, when you have that, look at what Edmonton is doing. I can't believe I'm fucking using Edmonton as a comp- as a like a positive comparable. Like they know their depth is shit. They got two amazing players. The rest suck. Yeah. Offensively. They're, they're so what do they do? They play them half the game. Yeah. The Leafs have the luxury where they can play them two thirds of the game. Not players of that caliber, but slightly below for sure. And they have actual wingers that play with them. They can do that for 40 minutes, and they always do it for 30. 30 to 35. It's stupid. Yeah. Except for Zach Hyman. He gets he gets. And, and the thing that's even worse is they act like that 5 to 10 minutes isn't a difference in winning a game because it for sure is. No, it definitely is. I, I, I would agree. I mean... Austin Matthews should get every chance he can to make a difference in the game because you're not only because of the caliber of player he is, because that's what you're paying him to do. Exactly. John Tavares, the same exact thing. Those guys should be double shifted when you're down. Yeah. If you're going to pay these fuckers like the, the most money that you could ever pay them, give them the greatest contract for them, make them play Make it worth it. Make it worthwhile. And Break it down for how much they should play compared to someone that makes nine hundred grand, and don't make them play like twenty percent more. Make them play ten times as long as guys like fucking Nick Shore. The fact that two players making over eleven million dollars or at eleven million dollars were playing at fifteen minutes down the stretch of last night's game is an absolute abomination. Yeah, that's like third line shifts. That's atrocious. Matthews was at 15. JT was at 16 with about 15 to 10 minutes left. 
Yeah, I don't. I I have no idea how you do that. Like that. That's just like that's peewee shit. You're losing. You put your best players on the ice. I mean, I'm sure anybody that's played any sport ever knows the good players play more when you're losing. The bad players don't. No, he's got a roll goat. Yeah, I don't know. He scored a goal that one time. He's got to play. Who has been horrendous ever since? He looks so bad. He just doesn't do anything offensively. Like, he's still in on the puck, but he offers nothing. He also, those fourth-line centers have zero foot speed. It's like they're fucking not even moving. It's like they're dropped on the ice with cinder blocks on their feet. And this is the fastest Goats looked in his career. Which is terrible. (laughs) I just, uh, it's something. I don't know. Yeah, I just wonder if they're even going to do any moves. Like, we already know. You can't. We can't. You have to move salary. And it's like. There's no roster flexibility. This is. I've heard it on the radio all day listening to this. This is the group you have. Pull your heads out of your asses and figure out what to do. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly it. And right now it's on. The players, I feel like. Okay, Kyle Dubas didn't really say much to say whether he expects to make any change. Oh, the only one he talked he about He said was, something. I mean, about, like, Cody Cece and stuff like that, which is, Cody uh, Cece alone. I mean, he has he has to defend that, though. He can't, he can't just say, oh, you he know He can't justify so. a move that he made or shit on so, a move he made. So uh, if I have this right, they, they, like, literally had to – take him on for one year for the deal to be completed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's. I'll take him at one year rather than Zaitsev at another five. That's fine. I... Yeah, it, it better be one year, though, because no, they're... Yeah. He's a UFA after this. No, it, it, like, next year, I can't believe we're even doing this, but if they somehow don't make the playoffs or they're out of the way, he's going with, you know, a guy like... Or someone else, and then put some money in Like, it's ridiculous. That there is, there's like four and a half, there is what, three and a half million in difference between him and a guy that makes 900K. Justin Hole has looked better than him, um, yep. if not the exact same play, and he makes what, $800,000? I think less. I think he makes six to seven. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they've they've actually been lucky. He's looked. I'm not going to overshoot it, but he looks like an NHL defenseman, a guy that can play in a bottom pairing, and that is that's what they need. They're going to need. Um, I think it was Pierre Maguire who broke it down. With the salary structure they have, they're going to need two or three to five contributors who make under a million dollars. Guys that are playing like two and a half million dollar players. Making nine hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, and like there's some like Trevor Moore can do it on some nights. That's Trevor Moore is Justin Hole looks yeah. like he's played Sandy like and a Lily steal. when they get up here. Yeah, but I mean outside of that, <laughs> nobody else comes to no. mind. Yeah, that bottom six is basically just out there to give the top six or the top nine a break. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess Dermot's still on entry level, so yeah, Dermot. Great. They better get him locked up, though, at some point. Yeah, you kind of wonder what that number's been. I, I I don't know. I haven't really watched him too, too, too closely, but I don't think he had a great game yesterday. No, he didn't have a great game. He's just, I don't know, he's like... He's a weird player. 
He's up and down, but when he's up, he looks like a top four defenseman. Yeah, I mean, at minimum... I'm not saying he's crap, but, like, when he's at the top of his game and he's going end-to-end on rushes, he looks like he could be a top-pair guy. And then then he just has these lapses in judgment where it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That's true. Um, The question I also have is, you know... How much do the injuries play into this? Because Marner not being in means that you have to bring a guy like Trevor Moore. Uh, actually, I think right now it's Kapanen that's playing with. Uh, yeah, which is stupid. I don't know why they did that. I'm actually at a point where if a team is willing to take on Kapanen, I'd move him because he's not really doing anything for me right now. Mm, I mean, if you're getting, I'd say in the off season if you could trade him and. You know, do a move like Washington did with Marcus Johansson. If you can get, like, two twos or a one, I would do it. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, you need to obviously develop assets in the future. And right now it's pretty barren, and they also could use a cap space. But, I mean, I'm really high on capping but there's times where you're just like, he's... I don't know. He does There's... the same thing every single time he enters the zone. Yeah, I think James Myrtle did a, had a really good breakdown. He's kind of like a uh, like a turn and burn guy, where yeah. that's why he's a really bad left winger. Is he's he like normally guys love playing their off wing. I remember I was a lefty that played on the right wing. I loved it because I had my forehand facing the goal. But for yeah. a guy like him. He's not someone that's you know capable of catching the puck on the back of his on his backhand and and shooting it right away. He's a guy that you know likes to you know just kind of turn up the half wall and sort of take a skate. But I don't know. I mean, this is obviously getting into a territory where you know if it is catastrophic at the end of the year, there should be no player outside of maybe Matthews that you should have any long term attachment to. Obviously. You know, a guy like Tavares isn't going anywhere. But, you know, those two guys aside, I think everybody should be in play. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't see a, a point where you have, you have to think that, look, the, some of these guys at the Marlies have stepped up. Like, I really like Trevor Moore. Um, I feel like when they broke up that Moore, Kerfoot, McCabe line, that kind of took away. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't know why they did that. I understand the injuries play, like, you know, injuries, you got to move guys around, but that line should have never been. I think they should stay there. Yep. I mean, you have to have some form of continuity. I guess they've had that with the first line, but I don't know. Um, They obviously have guys who are, who will be further down the lineup when people are healthy, but yeah, I'm not sure. What would you guys feel about having Hyman reunite with Matthews and Neil? No. I don't think that line's the issue. I think no. they've been firing. Nylander, like you yeah. said, thank you for saying it, by the way, has been the Leafs' most consistent player over the last two weeks. I recognize real when it's real. Yeah, yeah no, he's uh, been good, but uh, that's the thing with him. I mean, you can see why people dislike him just based on like body language, and and yep. you see like the highs of highs. Where you're just like, wow, this is a guy that can score a point a game. Then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like he's yep. he's sort of a really like you hate him or you love him type of player. You can see why people do. I think it's 
completely overreaction by a lot of people on just how bad he is when he's at his worst. But um, I also think the blame that he gets is ridiculous. But, I mean, if he can play like he is right now, I'd say consistently at 80%. That's the big thing for him is consistency. If he can be consistent, then that's perfect. He's a perfect winger for your first-line center, and he's a guy that should be there for, at minimum, the next, what, five years, I guess, he's got after the, or this year, and then four more. Yep. Yeah. So I just I don't think the first line's the issue. I think no. putting John Tavares is going to have to carry the second line while Mitch Marner's out because Kapanen is a possession guy unless he's in on a breakaway. I just think they should they should put him with a shooter. I'm and trying to think. I'm trying to think of a lefty that the Leafs have that's a shooter. Trevor Moore at points, not even. I'm not even gonna say. I was that. gonna say he's probably the best fit, but I wouldn't yeah. even say he's a shooter. I think he's just no, like he's a, just the first guy that comes to mind when I yeah. think who should play with Tavares and Hyman. Yeah, no, I, they don't really have a lefty winger that's like a big shooter. I'm trying to no. even think if they like, or do they have, have a lefty who tall. can score? He is yeah. not a shooter. No. Like Patan. Does, no, really definitely not Patan. Uh, by the way, I'm sick and tired of seeing him on the fucking power play. Timashov. No, definitely not Timashov. Frederick Gautier. <laughs> this is the thing. It drops. Like, look, Timashov. Okay, fine. Fourth line. Who cares? Like, the problem is they have too many of these, like, eh, who cares guys. The Leafs probably have the best fourth line wingers in the history of hockey. They got to have like eight guys who could legitimately play in the NHL on a fourth line. And then you also have a guy like Pierre Engvall that's down in the A. <laughs> yeah, like they got real, like Jeremy Bracco probably is definitely an NHL player. Um, guys like, yeah, Pierre Engvall, Trevor Moore is an NHL player, Dmitry Timoshov. But like. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of their ceiling at this point is, you know, yeah. maybe top nine players are the best. But, yeah. And that's th- good for where they got him, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, Nichols for sure. seventh rounder. Brocko's the only one that was taken in the top three rounds of that. Yeah, late, he's the so. late second rounder. But, I mean, they they need someone. They need a left winger. Um, obviously, a, a guy I was really high on in free agency was Michael Furlan. I thought that would have been a really nice fit, but. You know, it kind of is what it is with, with the way they've allocated some of their funds. Not not how I would do it, but, I mean, you can't really do anything in season. But, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful that they can turn around just based on you've seen some of the peaks that they've had as a team. Obviously, with that second period against the Islanders, late in the third period against the Islanders, you know, the second and third against Chicago, um, you know, games against, you know, St. Louis and Washington where they legitimately dominated really good teams. But then you're just like, how the fuck does it happen? The worst, the worst for me is the amount of goals they've allowed in the final three minutes of periods, which should be zero. You should allow none. And they, I feel like every time you're like, okay, we got some, uh, we got some good mojo here. And then they allow a goal and you're just like, fuck for basically 20 minutes waiting for the next period to start. And it happened yesterday. That I think it was what the where they were tied 2-2 and then they allowed a third goal. Yeah. I mean it's 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 just killer. 
it's I mean the situation because we were talking about not making playoffs before it's it's not something anyone wants to talk about in this fan base because of how high the hopes were but it's the situation we're in the expected point totals at the end of the year are what they are the scariest thing to me was this this morning when somebody looked up the six teams the Leafs have beat are six of the seven worst teams in the standings in the NHL in regulation. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it just it is what it is. And this team needs to win one of these two games over the weekend or something needs to change. Whether it's I would hope it's Babcock, but if it's Haxtell, if it's somebody going down, if it's it's got to be something. I think another another positive is that, you know, we always talk about, you know, regression and stuff like that. There has to be some regression in terms of them on, you know, back to backs. I mean, they're what, yeah. like oh five and one on back to backs? That's just not that's just not sustainable for a team that's this good. And that's also with Hutchinson and Net. Now you have Cascasuo, but he's also It does it doesn't even matter. The they could they could have a fucking shooter tutor in net. Like there's no there's no fucking way you should yeah. lose one hundred percent of your games. Like the six games, that's like a decent sample size. It's not like they lost like, like it's not like they're zero and two. Like zero and six, like that's that's what we call like that's what gamblers call a trend. Mm. And I mean, I mean that just can't happen. But I mean, there's regression everywhere, and obviously the the whole saying is you know um, you know regression. Then you sort of get back to the mean, and I don't know. I know. One of the only positive things where we hope there's no regression is the fact that the Leafs are, I think, the best team in the league when it comes to um, win percentage on the first night of back-to-backs. It would be nice if they could get you know close to that one on the <laughs> on the second night, but I'm not holding my breath until I see it. I also yeah. want to see how they start the game. That's been another problem too. Yeah, that's been awful. That's been awful for first years. First goal, they've given up 15 of the 20 games they've played this year. Yeah, which is horrible. It's it's something that can't continue. Like the the idea of chasing the game every time too. Like fifteen out of the twenty games, you're chasing your opponent, and what that does is it just plays your opponent's strengths, and you're not able to establish. As I said, you're not able to establish a game because already your game plan has to change. We're down yep. now. We have to make adjustments. So I. This is this discussion has been a lot healthier than I was expecting, so I appreciate that both of you have taken the high road with this. Yeah, um, we're lucky. We're lucky the Raptors are are actually playing well, so yeah. it doesn't make you want to scream into a, into a mic for an hour. Yeah, because so, uh, it, it's it's hilarious. The Raptors right now are currently the exact opposite. The Raptors right now are like the fucking Islanders of the NBA. I don't know. I, I mean, not. I wouldn't say the Islanders because they've got guys like Siakam and Van Vliet that are playing really, really well. And we yeah, I mean, they got right now the Raptors, including all their injuries, have two really good players. The rest are pretty much just role players, and you know they are just elite defensively. I mean, Terrence Davis, t- exactly like. It's actually been astounding. Did you hear the thing about Chris Broussard? What is he in the fetal position in a corner crying? Because no, he actually he he said that he thinks it's going to be Clippers Raptors in the finals. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know if this is a kiss of death or not, but 
I heard, Chris I heard, Sardin I heard him say it, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. But then you know you start to think about it, and you're like, ah, well, mm. if they can maintain this defensive, you know, Toronto's still a trash city with trash fans there, Chris. I mean, I personally hate him. I couldn't believe he said that when absolutely he didn't even say it was. He just said like they're soft, and he was oh, like, sorry. he's like, he's like the fans are soft, the city is soft. And then he goes on to overdrive, and they call him out for it. And he's like, I'm just kidding. It's like, yeah. no, you fucking weren't. And we closed out Oracle and took Leo, Larry OB. Eat a dick. <laughs> I don't know. Like, fucking calling anybody soft anywhere is just going to get you yelled at or get your ass kicked. Yeah, we found that out this week, too. Uh... Whatever. I, I, I just find it funny. I guess I guess after the shit-kicking he took this offseason – after his fucking Kawhi to the Lakers things, where he basically put his entire, his entire oh, giving uh, that fifteen-year-old kid that tries to be an yeah, dad. yeah, yeah, the guy in room. <laughs> yeah, on the line saying that he was going to the Lakers. He had been you not heard much from him, but I don't know. Maybe maybe getting humbled has uh, has made him rethink things. Now the last didn't he? He broke somebody coming back from injury on the Lakers, like. Like five minutes after Shams did, and tried to pawn it as his own like a week ago. Well, I don't follow him. So I think he. Blocked I don't either. Me. Somebody retweeted it. I, I think he blocked me. So. Oh well. Well, well that's huh, that's unfortunate, but. Um... No, probably one of the best moments of my life thus far. Well, we will... Just know, just knowing that he read what I wrote to him, it was just like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> You found that you found joy in that. Uh, with that being said, uh, we are going to leave it there. We are going to see what happens with the Leafs going forward. I assume we can't get too high right now and think that they're going to just totally turn things around right away. But uh, we'll see if any of the anything changes after the close uh, the closed door meeting with the uh, with the players, and we'll see if that changes anything. That means I thank you guys for listening to the Tip of the Tower podcast. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Gentlemen, thank you again for taking the time. I know you two have to still eat your dinner. So I am mm-hmm. now giving you Staring permission. down these onion rings right now. I am now giving you permission <laughs> to go eat your dinner. All right. Thank you. All right. Talk soon, guys. <laughs>